Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 39. After our weekly segments, we are going to continue our discussion on child development. Let us know if there are any topics that you would like to hear. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Welcome, Andrea. Hello. How are you, Beth? I'm good. We are both doing this with babies today, so (laughs) (laughs) as you hear a sneeze in the background, so apologies in advance for any uh, extra noises. Anything new that you want to update us on or report? Um... I've been having a group class that's like kind of a mix of nutrition and life coaching and it's just been so much fun and like my ladies have been just making some really awesome progress and it's just been really fun to watch we're at week six right now and and some of them last night ended up like shifting their goals because they realized it really just like wasn't in line with them so I don't know it's just been really fun and interesting and um, fun seeing like them kind of just start to like question certain things and a lot of stuff that we talk about on the podcast. And so, yeah, so how about you? Uh, I don't think I have anything new, you know, definitely nothing new on the business front. I saw, finally saw a, uh, a woman's health specialist, physical therapist yesterday. So that was fantastic mm. and really, really uh, beneficial. And I, I'm going to get a, get the courage up to ask her to come on because she was great. And, and I learned a lot from her. And otherwise, oh, I started back at work this week a little bit, so that went well, although the nights that I worked, the baby didn't sleep as well, but still okay, which is understandable, and I get it, and that's why I'm not going back to work so much, and it was just so happened that I worked two days this week, even though I was only planning on going one day a week for a while, but otherwise it was good. And I did want to make a little announcement that our listeners have increased almost by double since the beginning, which is kind of exciting. So yay to everyone for telling your friends and please keep telling your friends about it. And then we had a question about somebody wanting to write a review and they didn't know where to do it. So reviews now are kind of a pain to do, unfortunately, which is why... We have to like over encourage it and the best place to write a review is in iTunes because that's what helps get kind of us out there and helps tell other people where we are and what you need to do you can't just be subscribed to us you actually have to search for us on iTunes and once you search for us then you scroll down and in the ratings and review section you can write a review but it has to be through iTunes so if you do not have iTunes or and I feel like most of our listeners are not on iTunes I will link to it on our um on the show notes so i we would really appreciate if you could write a review and if you struggle to figure it out then send us an email and i can give you some better instructions on how to do that okay that's super helpful um i'm gonna have to look myself i have a chrome and i went on itunes because i figured that's where you wrote the views because i didn't know the answer to this question and um like it was like you're on a chromebook you can't use itunes So it's kind of interesting. I was like, seriously? Anyways, whatever. I'll try and figure it out too. Make sure like if you have a Chromebook or on like our like truly Android system, if there's a way. But 
we'll dig in a little more. Well, and I did try to do it through Google Chrome, and it was like, open in iTunes, because on the main page, you can't do it. So you mm-hmm. may not be able mm-hmm. to if you don't have any Apple devices. So our friends with iPhones, please write us a review. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, and the reason we ask for reviews, and I'm sure you've listened to other podcasts, is it's how people find us. That's really it. So if you're really enjoying the content and you think other people could benefit it, you know, when you have reviews, it kind of ups you in the search and things like that. And that's, and then more people can find us and listen to us and benefit from, I mean, if you're benefiting from what we're saying, hopefully other people can too. So that's why we ask and we super, super appreciate it. So thank you. And we'll totally give you special shout outs if you write reviews too. (laughs) Definitely. And I'd like to note that it's episode 39 and this is our first episode that we're like asking for reviews here. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's Move on to our real mom moment of the week, and I wanted to talk about, and it's kind of changed a little bit since I wrote this note down, but I, my baby's been clustering at night, which is totally normal, and I totally get it, And but she's got started in this thing where she just screams so much, and this was, you know, I guess right now it was about a week and a half ago, and like, she was screaming, and I couldn't get her to sleep, and she was, I was trying to nurse her, and she wouldn't latch, and then I was trying a pacifier, and and it was just, I was just going back and forth, and I was like, I can't figure out, and I was just like, I'm just going to heat up a bottle, because I have one in the fridge, and I'm just going to do it, because she's screaming, I can't calm her down, and so I heated up a bottle, she latched right on, she drank a little bit from it and then it was maybe an ounce in the bottle I didn't have a lot in there it calmed her down and then she still didn't latch so I took out a nipple shield she finally latched and then she nursed from me and everything else was fine I nursed the rest of the night no problem I nursed the next day my husband was like well if you give her a bottle is she not going to be able to is this going to be like the end of your nursing relationship it was really sweet that he was so supportive but it was really helpful that we had that I had a bottle available and that I just said, you know what? She's screaming. I think she's hungry. This is what she needs. And she was just too tired to get a good latch and actually nurse and wait for letdown and all of those things. And once I calmed that hunger down, it was able to, you know, everything else went better so it was like a whole learning experience now it's just oh she just needs to go to bed earlier um she doesn't cluster quite as much now but it was it was quite a stressful moment and I was just glad to have that available yeah that's great sounds like she was super hangry (laughs) just Uh like her mom (laughs) yeah maybe she should listen to our talk on blood sugar dysregulation no I'm just kidding (laughs) Um, my real mom moment of the week is, is pushing through despite being tired. So Remy, we've, we've entered into our sleep troubles again and he just, oh my gosh, was not sleeping. And I think it's because Adam was gone and it definitely started while Adam was gone. Um, it's kind of the first time, I mean, it is the first time that he, like one of us has left him for, and he was gone for four days, five days. So, um, he just refused to sleep and was like screaming and just like holding on to me, like a little monkey, like refusing to go back down in his crib. And anyway, so we're kind of just like averaging like two or three hours of sleep a night for like a week and a half. And I am all about like the importance of like getting rest and napping and you know, all that stuff when you can. But I do think that there is something to just kind of pushing through sometimes when you can. I'm like, I know this isn't going to be permanent. 
Um, I had some client calls. I was just kind of, I was worried about, you know, me being coherent on them, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to push through. I'm going to do these. I don't want to cancel and try and reschedule them. And I did. And honestly, it was really great. Like having the human interaction and adult conversation just, and I mean, I just get so passionate about what I do. It just really actually just re-energized me so much and like kept me going throughout the day. Adam was even like, what the hell's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I feel great. Like I love talking to my clients. Like it makes me so happy. (laughs) And so I think when you just have something that you know, you know, energizes you, even if you're tired. And it's like, especially if you don't have an option to sleep, because if everyone, anyone who has a baby or a toddler knows, it's like, yeah, sure. Naps sound great. But like, I can't sleep right now if they're not sleeping. Right. It's like, find something that energizes you get out of the house. That was another thing. It's like, I got out of the house and I like met up with this uh, woman for a play date and things like that. Instead of being like, Oh, I'm too tired to move. And it's just like, just getting out of the house, doing things that I know I enjoy just, was very, very helpful and like got me through the week in like a fairly good mood despite the extreme lack of sleep. So that's mine. You must be an extrovert like me. You know what? Oh my gosh. I'm having, sorry, I'm going to like go off on a tangent right now. I'm in the past like couple months, I've had this realization that I think I am an extrovert, but I've always thought I was an introvert. Like I've always been told I was an introvert. And I think well, just based on your, like, that's me. Yeah. Like, I will be so drained. And then I'm like, I don't want to go out. I'm tired. But then I go. Or even, like, sometimes I just call my best friend who lives in Colorado. And I just call and talk to her. And then afterwards, I'm so energized. Just that social inter- interaction. It's way better than caffeine for me. It's like, <laughs> woo, I'm ready to go. My husband's, yeah. like, after a party, because he's an introvert, he's like, I just need to wind down. And I'm like... But no, I could be up for hours. <laughs> yeah, I I think I get a little like like your husband after like awkward social interactions, like that, like forced social interactions, they definitely do drain me. Like forced small talk drains me. But like I think oh my gosh, I could go we could do a whole episode about this. Um but like I think because I was shy or because I just am socially awkward sometimes, I just I was told I was an introvert, introvert. Like, I think I went to like therapy a bunch of times and they were like, yeah, you're an introvert. You really need to rest. You know what I mean? And I, I bought into this until like literally the last few months where I'm like, I don't think this is true. I don't think I'm an introvert. I think I had weird social interactions and didn't really enjoy them. And now that I'm like realizing what I like to do and not just like what other people like to do, like it energizes the hell out of me. Like, so I'm like, I totally think I'm an extrovert, which is like a very life altering thing that I'm going through right now. So yeah, <laughs> thanks for bringing that up. You're reaffirming it. my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cause I, I thought you mentioned at one point that you were an introvert and I was like, Ooh, this doesn't sound like that. So, so anyways, let's transition to our tip of the week. So you might've expected my tip of the week is to, you don't have to do bottles regularly, especially if you stay at home with your kiddos and you're nursing full time. But it will benefit you at some point if your kid will take a bottle. And so you don't have to do it a lot. Um, My lactation consultant recommended starting at like four to five weeks, introducing it, and kind of see if your baby takes a pacifier, you might not have to do a bottle as frequency. But the freedom to be able to just go out and not worry about getting back in time 
or, you know, because, oh, there's a little extra, there's a little milk in the fridge, or maybe there's a little formula there just in case and that kind of thing. It just decreases stress to be able to have that option available if you can have some frozen milk available. So if you want to go out for a girl's night and, you know, you put the baby down, they usually sleep, but, you know, maybe they might not, or usually they go three hours, but They've been going through a growth spurt, so it's only going to be an hour and a half today, and I don't want to have to rush back. It's just my recommendation is get a bottle and practice it once in a while and just just take the stress off. Totally. I think that is great advice. Uh, my tip of the week, I kind of blended my real mom moment with a tip, but I'll have a different tip too, um, is just so like in this in this moments of sleeplessness with us, it's really like, I don't know, for with Remy, it's, I'm sure with everybody, it's like you realize when your kid is just not going to sleep. It's like he just does certain things and it's like, I'm just screwed. Like he's not going to sleep for the next three hours. And so rather than trying to like force it or, you know, I don't know, just get like all angry and frustrated. It's just like, just, I feel like it was very helpful to be like, okay, he's doing this. This means he's not going to be sleeping right now. And just like accepting it for what it is. And not really trying to like change it. And then also um, in that, picking good times to discuss what you are then going to do about it. So like he would start doing like whatever. Because what, when we try to put him down in his crib and he's like clinging on to us like a monkey, like we're done. Like he's not going to he's not gonna go down in his crib. Like we've tried to wait it out for like three or four hours and it doesn't happen. So maybe if we waited out for the four and a half hours, but we're done by then. So like he would start doing it and it'd be like 2 a.m. We're both exhausted. He's already been up for like hours. And Adam's like, well, what are we going to do about this? We can't get in a bad habit because we've been taking him in the bed of letting him to come in the bed. I'm like, we're not discussing this at 2 a.m. Like, do you have a good idea right now? Because I don't. Like, it's 2 a.m. I'm exhausted. Like, I'm taking him in the damn bed, you know? And so I think just trying to, if you're going through something like that, trying to set up a time like that makes sense and that you are both semi-coherent to discuss, okay, if he's doing this, what are we going to do? How are we going to react? And not trying to do it at 2 a.m. It's like have a game plan going in. And if you don't have a game plan, then just do whatever the hell you have to do in that moment. (laughs) That's mine. I love it. And um, I will admit with two kids now, finding that time is tough. But, (laughs) you know, my husband's really big about, no, we're not going to talk about it right now. We will talk about it later. And I'm like, okay, put a time on it. We're going to schedule it on the calendar. This is what we're going to talk about it. (laughs) All right. So we are back to talking about child development, my first love of all things kids. So we had some, a couple great questions last week. So please go back and listen to that episode. But I wanted to start by talking a little bit more about um, equipment and devices. We mentioned a walker last week um, or like a walking push toy, that kind of thing. So I wanted to talk about other kinds of devices. So the other kinds of devices are things like bumbos, activity chairs, exercisers, jumperoos, things like that. And the main thing that I want to mention is that despite what it says on the box, devices that support you in sitting are not going to teach your child to sit. And devices that support you in standing are not going to teach your child to stand. And honestly, the same kind of thing. A push toy is not going to teach your child to walk. Your child needs to learn those things for themselves. Otherwise, it's 
going to be wobbly. They're going to be relying on assistance and it's going to be a little bit harder. Now, I get it. Your kids need to be safe. I ended up, I have this whole article on the equipment that you don't need. And I will admit I have to write an update to it because I did buy myself like a little like sling chair thing because I now have a dog and I can't just put my kid on the floor. So there's definitely safety to be concerned about. But otherwise, your child needs to spend time on the ground. And that is the really the only way that they're going to learn how to move is by being on the ground. So my best kind of equipment recommendations are an activity mat so that they have a safe place and they've got some things to entertain them overhead. Maybe something like mine has a little piano that she can kick with her feet and then they can start to roll and maybe we get some mirrors so that they can look at themselves. Ideally, I want you on the ground with them or your other kids on the ground with them to motivate them to like being on the ground, but that's not always an option. So if we can put some toys, some mirrors, some light up things that they're interested in to help them be on the ground if we're not able to be with them or if we have something that we just have to get done, then those are my recommendations from equipment and device standpoint. Anything, any comments on that? Um, I just want to say that I had read into all of this as well prior to having Remy. So I really just was like, okay, that's what we're going to do. We're not going to use any, you know, sitting propping devices or any walking prop devices. And the only thing we did use like Beth is like the sling chairs, which like those reclined back chairs for babies those are like kind of like the safest non-floor alternative that don't really interfere with their development you just don't want them in there all the time but you definitely want them like reclined back so they're not being forced to sit up right before their trunk muscles can do that um but remy obviously he's my only child and every baby's you know every child is different but like i mean it's amazing to see his development and how like like what good motor control he has and I mean, who knows? I don't know what would have happened had we used them, but he definitely was a really late sitter. Like he didn't sit, gosh, until like, like I know I was kind of starting to like doubt myself of like not propping him. I think it was like probably like nine months, like eight or nine months that he finally sat, but he was crawling before then and crawling pretty well. Um, but it's like now, like he, when he walks, when he falls, like his core control is insane. Like he will fall backwards and like, keep staying at talking like he doesn't hit his head like he's fallen off something and like keeps his head up you know what I mean and I think that when babies are propped or using a lot of support they don't develop that core control so anyways I mean I just want to say that I guess it works really well and I really went his whole babyhood without using them and he turned out great so that's all <laughs> I fully support it Thank you. I appreciate that. And actually, that's a good transition to my kind of next thing I want to talk about is if you do have concerns, my first recommendation is to talk to your pediatrician. Now, there are definitely times and there's been kids that I've worked with that their pediatricians have said like, no, that's not something that we need to worry about right now. And usually that's okay. But sometimes it's like, you know what, the earlier, the better. So I definitely recommend talking to your pediatrician. If you aren't sure if it's something that you need to be concerned about, you can also let me know. You can send me an email and say, hey, is this something I need to be worried about? Um, part of my kind of business plan is is doing child development consultations so people can know where their child children are supposed to be. The early intervention is um, available in the United States. Um, 
And you can just ask for an early intervention, a prescription for early intervention. Call, Google early intervention in your state, and you will find information on it. And the things that you kind of want to look out for, and just to make sure that your kid's doing in the very, very beginning stages, they're not doing a whole lot. You just want to see random movements. You want to see them kicking in their legs, reaching their arms. They're not going to hit anything. They're not going to, you know, or at least anything purposefully. You just want to see a lot of random movement. That's what you want to see in the first four to six weeks or so. And then after that, you just want to see progression. So as Andrea said, she was concerned that her son wasn't crawling or wasn't sitting at like eight, nine months, but he was crawling at that point. So he was still making progress. So if you're like, okay, my child's hitting toys, but they really haven't, you know, it's been a month and they really haven't done anything else since then, then that's something that you want to say, oh, maybe we need to look into that. So you just want to see, okay, while well, they're hitting toys, oh, now they're reaching purposefully for toys. Oh, I see them starting to roll kind of a little bit side to side. Maybe they're not getting all the way over, but they look like they're trying. Um, you know, oh, they're on their belly and now they're they're totally flat, but oh, now they're lifting their head up more. Now they're propping on their forearms. So as long as they're making progress, usually you're pretty good. If you start to see that progress either stall or you're not seeing progress, that's when you really want to kind of intervene and look into support or help. If your doctor's not interested in in sending you to outpatient ther physical therapy, you can try early intervention and reach out to them. You will ultimately need a prescription from your doctor with pediatrics. Um, there are, but there's definitely lots of options, and I, I most of the pediatricians I work with, if you express concerns, they are not opposed to you getting a prescription for physical therapy or occupational therapy or that kind of thing, depending on what your concerns are. So, I think, yeah, yeah go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, um, and if, I mean, as, as far as I'm aware, Beth, you can correct me if this is wrong, but like the prescription or what the physical therapist will do is never going to be sitting your child in a bumbo or using a walker or using any of those things. Like that's not, not ever the solution to those. So I just want to emphasize that point. Like those things are never helpful for development, for motor development. Like the, the reason one would use those things is like, oh, I have to take a shower and my child is like somehow managed to find any way to kill himself while he's alone. So I need to put him in like, you know, a whatever the activity center for 10 minutes while I take a shower. Like that really should be the only reason you're using it, in my opinion. Like it's for you, not for your child. Um, and if you're, you know, if you're, if you're like, well, my child gets bored, they hate being, you know, out of it and stuff like that. It's really, I mean, once they've gotten in the, the habit of being in it, it's like, yeah, then you're undoing a bad habit. But if you never put them in it, they don't know that it exists. So therefore they can't want to be in it, if that makes sense. So obviously harder if you're in the habit of doing it already, but definitely just, you know, starting to wean off of it is great. But if you haven't started doing it, don't do it. And then they won't ever know that that's a thing. You know, it's not an option. Like we just didn't have one in our house. So that way, I, that way I wasn't tempted by it. it was honestly the biggest reason I refused to have one in my house because I knew I would be tempted by it. It's so easy to just stick them in there. Like I get that for sure. So anyways, just wanted to say that. Oh, and I, I think that's a great point. And, and most people that I work with already have this stuff. And I will agree. I never bought a swing. I never did any of that because I said, you know what? If I end up needing it, if my kid has reflux, I need more recline services, I will get it then. But 
if you don't have it, don't buy it. You know, if you're pregnant and you're listening to this, wait, just wait. Because the worst part is, is storing this stuff afterwards. I mean, I have all these people that they're like, garages are filled with these giant devices that take up huge footprints that your kids outgrow by six months, maybe nine months if you really stretch it. So, yeah, they definitely are not supportive for development. If you're using them occasionally, it's not going to hinder development at all as long as your child's having plenty of floor time. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the kind of the basics with that. Yeah. Let me just say one more thing. Cause I feel like I just sounded really jerky. Um, so if you are using them, like it's okay. Like marketing, the marketing behind these things is so strong and convincing. Like, I don't want anybody who's using them right now to be like, Oh my God, I'm doing terrible things for much. Like, it's not like your fault that you're using them. Like marketing is so strong. Like I know even with myself knowing this and doing all the research, I was still so tempted by them because it's like, but but they're supposed to help. You know, I see them everywhere. It's like, this is what your child needs. And it's like, they're just trying to sell you a product and you know, it's, it's super advertising works. So you know what, like if you are using them, it's okay. Children are so resilient and they are always changing and growing. So just try to start weaning off and that's, that's all. It's totally fine. They'll be fine. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So As far as intervening and kind of getting support, I don't like to give ages to milestones because it starts to get people stressed. Oh my gosh, so-and-so six months, they're not sitting. And, you know, it's that's a lot of what the doctors do is you go in for your six-month visit. Are they doing this? Are they doing that? And it's just this little checklist. And if they're not doing that, but they're doing other things, the doctors might get concerned and that gets the parents concerned. But honestly, and I will say my, um, my women's health physical therapist said this yesterday. She's like, I wish that every woman that had a baby went to a pelvic floor physical therapist after birth and that they brought their kids to a physical therapist after birth as well. And I'm going to say, you probably don't need to bring your, everyone probably doesn't need to bring their kid to a physical therapist, but especially not right away. But at like, two to three months, if you're starting to feel like, I don't know what's, this seems a little off, then, then get help, ask questions, find something out. The concern is sometimes, you know, I would say if they're really, what you really want to find, and, and this is kind of my key, is look for motivation. So are they motivated to try to reach for a toy? It doesn't matter, or your face, or something. You know, if there is motivation to to get something, whether it's a blanket or a toy or something that they really enjoy, then they're probably going to be just fine. However, if they're struggling to reach for that, if it looks like they're excited about it but they can't get it, or if they aren't showing any interest in it, that is a time that I would say that you should intervene. And now, and then this is again looking more six to eight weeks or even a little bit older in that first to second month is when you really want to see that, hey, there's something there, I'm going to go get it. And they may not be successful, but you want to see kind of that light up in their eye, like, oh, I recognize that there's something there and they're doing that. Now, if your child has any visual concerns and they do check that and they keep an eye for that and you're not seeing that visual recognition or that um, start to by two to three months, they should be able to see a couple of feet in front of them, 
then that's another reason they might not be read. They might be able to reach, but they might not be seeing the toy. So that's something else that you'd want to get therapy for because of that. And that's another great option to do early intervention. Any questions yeah. on that? No, that's all really great stuff. Oh, the other thing I was going to say, again, this is my only experience since I have one child, but like Remy was always like, I feel like a week behind <laughs> on everything, you know? So it's like, we would go to the pediatrician and it's like, yeah, he wouldn't be, he'd be doing some of the things, but there would be like, felt like he was not doing most of the things. And so I kind of be like, ah, but I'm like, I don't know. My mama gut was like, he's fine. Like he's just I don't know, taking a sweet time. And like, it was always right. Like he would always just like a week later then he would, I'd start to recognize the things that she was talking about. Um, so, and I, I also want to say a lot of those lists are, are, are like a comprehensive list of all possible things they might be doing, not like things that they necessarily should be doing. Like I know if anybody has the wonder weeks book, which is great their list kind of made me a little nervous early on because their list is like, and they say it, but I just feel like sometimes it's easy to forget that their lists are very like, here's all of the possible things, but those are all the things that should develop during that entire leap. And so it's like, they shouldn't be there at the beginning of the leap. I just feel like the way that they say it sometimes I'd always be like, Oh my God, he's doing like one thing on this entire list. And then like, as the weeks progressed, it's more like just something to look out for. So, I don't know. Just my, those are my thoughts on that. Definitely. And I want to make a note that there's a lot of things. Um, I listed them as downfalls, but they're not really downfalls. They're just things that can kind of set kids back a little bit So or kind of change your mindset over it. So, one thing is comparison. Do not compare your children to other kids their age or to even their siblings because their, your child is has its own has their own personality. They have their own emotions motivations their own positives you've got kids that are really great at static exercises like sitting and standing but maybe are a little bit slower in the crawling and the running and the walking and you have kids that are the reverse and that comes down to innate personalities too so you just want to make sure that you're really not comparing kids even if they have the same birthday you know it's really hard to go to a mom's group and you have an eight-month-old who's you know kind of doesn't really like tummy time but they're sort of doing it and they're sort of pushing up and then you have a kid that is crawling and pulling up to stand at eight months and both of those kids can be normal you know that doesn't necessarily mean anything so be aware of comparisons there are some things that will kind of slow development down and not in necessarily a bad way but it just will progress at a slower pace those are, if your child is ill at any point in their childhood, and let's say they're in the hospital for any amount of time, typically the amount of time that they're in the hospital, I will say they're going to be pushed back that amount of time. So if you have a child that's, you know, has a, you know, maybe an unrelated to a physical illness, but is ill and maybe in the hospital for a month's time, they may be a month delayed and possibly a little bit more because that's just something that sets them back. When they're in the hospital, they're not their, themselves. All they're really focusing on and that their body is focusing on is getting them healthy. Same thing with kids that are that maybe get diagnosed with failure to thrive. So that's a diagnosis when they are not getting enough nourishment. If that's something that your child is struggling with, they're not going to do as much because they're saving their energy for body processes. We've talked in the past about how much and how many calories like we as individuals need just to be alive, let alone do work. It takes a lot of calories for them to move and groove and all those things. So 
Even things like reflux, where they're kind of uncomfortable, they're not going to be moving quite as much. So that can set them back. That doesn't necessarily mean that they need therapy to help move them forward. But you just need to be mindful that that's a very clear and accurate reason why they might be set back a little bit. And the other thing is busy schedules. So depending on, you know, if you work full time and your child's in daycare and some daycares are phenomenal and don't allow any of devices and your the kids are on the floor all the time, but some do have some devices because it keeps this, if they have a sort of wide variety of aged kids, it needs to keep the kids safe. Now, there's, I'm not saying one daycare is better than the other, and you need to go to the daycare that you feel comfortable with or use the child care that you feel comfortable with, but you also need to use the one that you can afford as well, and I know that that changes, so I don't want that to be a stressor of, oh no, at this daycare, you can educate the providers as much as you can, but they're only going to do what they're able to do. So just be mindful that that may set your child back a little bit, but pretty much all kids catch up by around age one and a half to two, really. If they're typically developing all those little setbacks, they catch up around age two because that's when all those physical developing skills are are slowing down. They don't get as many and they start to work on their fine motor skills and their language skills, which may take a little more time to come across because it took them a little more time to get their motor skills, but they will continue to catch up. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. All right. So I've talked quite a bit, so we're going to end it here. We haven't done our me time segment for a while. So are you, what are you doing to take care of yourself, Andrea? Oh, I totally hadn't planned it. I'm going to say my, one of my clients as a gift sent me these animal spirit cards. They're from the wild unknown. You can look it up on Amazon because we could link to them if you wanted to. And they're, they're kind of like tarot cards, but they're not tarot. I don't really completely know the difference, but they're so cool. So you said you draw a card and then like you read about the card for the day. And so I've just been trying to do little daily readings like that. And it just gets you like thinking, it makes you, you know, stop and pause. And it's kind of, it's like, it's almost just like a thought prompt, I guess you could say. And it's just super fun. And it's just like a gorgeous deck. And I don't know, it's really fun. It's really cool. So I've been really enjoying that. How about you? I love that. Well, last week I was supposed to start working and I didn't have any patience. So rather than cancel the nanny, I had her come and I went and got a pedicure and I went out to lunch with one of my good friends and it was wonderful. And so I feel like that's that. And then also going to a physical therapy, which, you know, I know I'm a physical therapist, but I'm not a women's health specialist and I can't assess myself. And so I feel like that's something special that I'm doing for myself. Yeah, it's something that I feel like everyone should do, but it's definitely something that I'm taking time out of my husband's schedule to watch the baby and all of that to go and do that. So that's that's what I'm doing. That's awesome. Both of those things are awesome. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Beats of Real Eats and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.